How many of you have heard the name Lee Strobel and know who he is? A good number of you do. Uh, For you that don't know who he is, I want to just mention uh, to you a little bit about him because I've got a a piece that I want to read to you here in just a moment. Uh, Lee Strobel used to be an atheist and a very professed atheist and Yet now he is a Christian and one of this generation's greatest defenders of, of faith. And he's written a number of books, uh, one of them, The Case for Christmas, another, The Case for Christ. I think I've got a third book of his that I've loaned out to someone in our congregation that's wanting to learn about how to defend the faith. And so uh, several books that Lee Strobel has written to just give evidence to Christianity. Uh, Let me read to you about uh, some things I didn't know uh, before he became a Christian. This is maybe some things that led up to him becoming a Christian, okay? says, Lee, a reporter for the Chicago Tribune and a self-professed atheist, was sitting at his desk on Christmas Eve. Uh, A slow news day, he found himself reminiscing about the Delgado family that he had featured while writing a series of articles about Chicago's neediest people a few days earlier. The Delgados were comprised of a grandmother named Perfecta and her two granddaughters, Jenny, age 13, and her sister Lydia, 11 years old. He remembered how unprepared he was when he walked into their two-room apartment on the west side of Chicago for the interview. Bare halls and bare walls, no furniture, no rugs, nothing but a kitchen table and a handful of rice in the cupboards. He learned during the interview that Jenny and Lydia only had one short sleeve dress apiece, plus a thin gray sweater that they shared. On cold days when the girls walked a half mile to school, one of the girls would start with the sweater and then give it to the other at the halfway mark. It was all they had. Perfecta wanted more for her granddaughters and would gladly have worked, but her severe arthritis and age made work too difficult and painful. Since it was a slow news day, Lee decided to check out a car and drive to Chicago's west side to check up on the Delgados. When Jenny opened the door, he couldn't believe what he saw. His article on the Delgados had touched the hearts of many subscribers who responded with furniture and appliances, rugs, dozens of coats, scarves, and gloves. The girls wouldn't have to share a sweater any longer. There were cartons and cartons and boxes of food everywhere. They had so much food that the cupboards and closets couldn't contain it all. Someone had even donated a Christmas tree and under it were mounds of presents and thousands of dollars in cash. Lee was astonished. But what astonished him most was what he found Perfecta and her granddaughters doing. They were preparing to give away most all of it. Why would you give so much of this away, Lee asked. Perfecta responded, Our neighbors are still in need. We cannot have plenty while they have nothing. This is what Jesus would want us to do. Lee was dumbfounded. 
After regaining his composure, he asked Perfecta another question. He wanted to know what she and the girls thought about the generosity that was shown to them. Again, Lee was not prepared for the answer. She said, this is wonderful. This is very good. We did nothing to deserve this. It's all a gift from God. But, she added, it's not his greatest gift, Lee. No, we celebrate that tomorrow, Jesus. Lee was speechless as he drove back to the office. In the quiet of his car, he noted a couple of observations. He had plenty, and along with it, plenty of anxiety. While the Delgados, despite their poverty, had peace. Lee had everything and yet wanted more, but the Delgados had nothing and yet new generosity. Lee had everything, and yet his life was as bare as the Delgados' apartment prior to the article running. And yet the Delgados, who had nothing, were filled with hope, contentment, and a spiritual certainty. Even though Lee had so much more than the Delgados, he longed for what they had in their poverty. Isn't that awesome? Now, during this Christmas season, I want to remind you and encourage you to be having your eyes open, to look for people that you can show the love of Jesus to, that you can speak a word to them, that you can plant a seed in their heart, and then just let God do the rest. You never know who you might touch with that seed that you're planting for Jesus. There may be another Lee Strobel out there that just if we would plant a seed in that person's heart, God can take that seed and he can grow it and he can use it to his glory. Christmas is a time that we can plant those seeds. So my encouragement to you is to do that and let God do the rest. I want to bring to you this morning simply question of of what Mary and Joseph, what were they seeing in that little baby that was born to them? I, I want to see Jesus through their eyes. And there's a verse that has always intrigued me. Luke chapter 2, verse 19, it says, But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. That is a verse that Luke writes, chapter 2 of his gospel, after he has told the birth story of Jesus. It's hard to us, for us to imagine what all might have been going through Joseph and Mary's mind. Let me give to you this thought and try to develop it for you. They knew he was special because... And I have three reasons for you as to why they must have thought that that Christ child, that little baby that was born to them, was special. The first thought is simply this. They knew he was special because he came to them in the most unusual way. And, of course, I'm speaking about the virgin birth. He was born to Mary, but he had no earthly father. You remember Mary had this angel come to her and and he said to her uh, that she was going to give birth to a child. And Mary's 
question to him was as follows. Uh, How can this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. Nobody in history has had such a birth as that, and no one since or in the future will have that kind of birth. You can know for sure why Joseph had such a hard time swallowing this news from Mary that she was pregnant. Joseph knew that that was not his baby. And so he assumed that which any sane man would have assumed. He assumed that Mary had cheated on him. He could have put her to death. But instead he was going to put her away quietly, the text says, until an angel came to him as well and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the... The child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. It took an angel to persuade Joseph. Mary couldn't persuade him. Her story was too far-fetched. As much as he might have wanted to believe her, he could not believe her until that angel came to him and convinced him. So it says in Matthew chapter 1, verses 24 and 25, that Joseph took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This really was a special baby. He was sent from God to be the Savior of the world. Can you Just imagine in your mind what he left behind to come here. He left behind the splendor of heaven. He left behind the worship of all of the heavenly beings. He was the supreme being of the universe. He was the creator of all things. The throne of heaven was his. And yet he gave all of that up to come here to become a little baby, to become weak, to become helpless, to become dependent upon his mom and dad to take care of him. And I am sure through all of this, the angels were looking down from heaven to see this story unfold in front of their eyes. You know how much you are loved by God? I want you to know this morning, you are loved by God. He gave up His only begotten Son for you. He he loves you to the more than what your mind can even begin to imagine. Let me give to you a second reason that they knew he was special. Joseph and Mary knew that Jesus was special because of what was said about him. Think with me what was said about this little baby. To Mary, the angel said, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. 
Now, I'm sure those are some of the things that Mary was pondering in her heart. I remember people saying some really nice things about my kids when they were born. They said such things as this. Oh, what a pretty baby. Oh, how sweet. Oh, how precious. I think she has your eyes, Kevin. I think she has more hair than you have, Kevin. You know, they said all kinds of things about the babies as they were born. But those comments that were made about my kids, far different than the comments that Mary was hearing about her child. He will be called the Son of the Most High God. He will reign over the house of Jacob and his kingdom will have no end. Wow, this really was a special baby. But that's not all that was said about him. To Joseph, the angel said, he will save his people from their sins. I've never heard anything like that said about a baby born. Have you? I've heard such things as, look look at his hands. He's got big hands. I, I wonder if he'll be a basketball player. Look at those feet. They're, they're such long feet. I, I think he's going to be tall. Oh, she looks like a princess. Looks like a cardinal fan to me. <laughs> you know, all kinds of things that, that are said about babies when they are born. I was thinking about this this last week. What do you say when you look at a little one and they're not all that cute? Oh my, that's a baby. (laughs) Far different though than what Mary heard being said about her baby and what Joseph heard being said about his baby. He will save his people from their sins. There's only one that has had that said about him. And that was a heavenly utterance. That was like a prophecy given by the angel to Joseph and to Mary. And it was true. This baby was very special. You remember the the first words out of Elizabeth's mouth when Mary went to visit her, her cousin? She said, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. How has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? The mother of my Lord? Oh my. (laughs) I looked this word up in the original language, the Greek language, and, and it said this. This title is given to God, the Messiah. The word is kurios. It's it's the word for Lord. It means supreme in authority, ruler, master. And I'm wondering in my mind, how did Elizabeth know ahead of time that the little baby in Mary's womb was the Lord of the universe, and she said so. 
I'll tell you how she knew. It was by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And when Mary came to her, the baby inside of Elizabeth's womb leaped for joy, the Scripture says. And as Mary then came, Elizabeth says to her, How is it that the mother of my Lord has come to me? There's there's several Scriptures, and I want to read three of them to you that use this same word, this word for Lord, in reference to Jesus. Romans chapter 14, verse 8, it says, For if we live, we live for the Lord. Or if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. That's in reference to Jesus. Let me read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 6. Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and we exist for Him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we exist through Him. You know what Paul is saying there? That one in whom we exist through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is what? Lord, to the glory of God The Father, Jesus, this one whom Mary was carrying in her womb, He was and is the Lord of the universe. He is the supreme being of all the universe. And she was carrying Him in her womb. And Elizabeth is ecstatic over that. She knew that by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you, is he your Lord? Is he the supreme being in your life? Is he your master? Does he have control uh, of your life? Have you submitted to him? Have you given him access to every room in your life, in your heart, in your mind, your eyes, your ears? your hands, the things that you do, the places that you go to, does he have access to every room in your house or are you trying to limit his access to you? He needs to be, for all of us, the Lord of our life. Have you thought too about What Simeon said of the baby when he was eight days old and his parents, Mary and Joseph, took him into the temple to have him dedicated there. This old man named Simeon had had a dream sometime before this. And in the dream, the Lord had told him that he would not die until he had seen the salvation of Israel. And so Simeon's in the temple, and in walks Joseph and Mary with baby Jesus in their arms, and the Holy Spirit nudges Simeon. 
And Simeon goes over to Mary. I'm assuming Mary's got baby Jesus in her arms. And he goes over to her and he just reaches out and he takes the baby from her arms. Now, I, I really did not have a visual uh, concept of this until a few weeks ago. I had a visual of this very kind of thing. My daughter, Abby, was was uh, bringing her baby into uh, Grandma and Grandpa's house, and E.K. and Joyce were there in Tyro at Cindy's mom and dad's place. And uh, Joyce, as soon as Abby walks in with the baby in her arms, Joyce gets up and she goes over. She does not ask, can I see your baby? She goes over and she just reaches out and she starts to take the baby from Abby's arms. And I'm looking at Abby and she's looking at me like, should I let this happen? Is my baby going to be safe? And I'm, I'm just, you know, watching and I think it'll be okay. Uh, but that kind of, of scenario came to mind when I'm reading about Simeon. He's coming and he's just taking the baby out of Mary's arms and then he lifts the baby up to heaven, and he says, Now my eyes have seen the salvation of Israel. Now you can let your servant depart in peace, for I have seen the Lord's Messiah. Can you imagine? As Mary and Joseph are looking on, and this man who is not familiar to them, is speaking such strange words. But it wasn't all that he said to them about the baby. Do you remember what else he said to them about the baby? He spoke to them about a sword that would pierce Mary's heart. And how many people would be opposing this baby And I'm sure as he spoke those words, so many of them just went right over Mary and Joseph's head. They did not know uh, what he was talking about. But for sure, Mary was pondering all of these things in her heart. She was treasuring them there and thinking upon them in the days ahead. This really was a special child. The shepherds came and spoke of an angel choir that had sung to them out on the hillside outside of Bethlehem. The wise men came and brought gifts and worshipped him. He was indeed a special child, but not all was easy and good. Because Herod tried to kill the child. And they fled in the middle of the night towards Egypt to escape Herod's wrath. It must have been all so surreal to them. Though they didn't have all of the answers, they were both trusting God with their lives and with their baby. And surely there is a lesson there 
for us to learn. We don't understand all of the stuff that goes on in our lives, but there is one who does have our lives in his hands, and we must put our trust in him. He has us in the palm of our hands, and he loves us so much. He is not going to let us go. He is not going to abandon us. He will keep us, and he will work out his perfect will for us and he will comfort us and he will carry us and he will sustain us we may not understand it all but he knows all things and it's our responsibility to put it all at his feet and trust him and when we do that He will give to us His perfect peace. That's His promise. I want you to think for a moment, what is it that's going on in your life that's hard, that's a problem, a crisis? Would you, along with Joseph and Mary, just put it in the hands of God trust him because that's what he wants you to do it's what he wants me to do all of us let me give to you a third reason that they knew this child was special and that is because his life was lived in total obedience can you imagine a child who is totally obedient to his mom and dad i'm already seeing and my granddaughter, Kinsey, as, as wonderful as she is to me, as, as, as precious as she is to her papa, I can see that she's not going to be the perfect child. She's already showing at times a little bit of an attitude. She's learned what the word no means, and she uses it quite often. And I tell Abby, I think you're going to get paid back here. <laughs> There's only one who has been a perfect child, and that is Jesus. He was without sin. Hebrews chapter 4 says he was tempted to sin, but was without sin. He had never once given in to that temptation. Never a temper tantrum. Never a curse word or a cross word coming from his lips. Never a lie. Never selfish. Can you imagine that? Never jealous. Never me, me, me. No, he was absolutely perfect. And they knew. They knew he was special. I don't know that they knew all of who he was and what what his life was to be, but they knew he was special. He had one more thing to give up. Initially, I I told you, he, he gave up heaven to come here. There was to come a day that he would give up himself again on the cross. To pay for our sins. To pave the way for us to be able to go to heaven. To allow us to be 
forgiven and set free from our sins. This Christmas, could I remind you as you celebrate the Christ child in the manger, could you also be sure and celebrate the forgiveness of sins that came through that Christ child? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for that dear gift that you gave. To leave the splendor of heaven, to be able to come here and become one of us, and to pave the way for us to be able to go and be with you for all eternity. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Help us to look for opportunities here in this Christmas season to plant a seed here and there in people's hearts just to remind people that Christmas is more than the giving of gifts, but it really is about the giving of one gift, the gift of your son. Give us boldness. Give us opportunities. And maybe there will be another Lee out there somewhere that we can plant a seed in his heart. In Jesus' name.